Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Now, one of the things we're doing today is we're sharing from the Word of God and by the direction of the Spirit of God about a dream the Lord gave to Lady Raquel and how it applies to our church family and the season we're in today. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather with my faith family. I pray that the words we share today will be led by the Spirit of God, that we won't miss it to the left or to the right, but we'll speak even as the oracles of God when none of our words fall into the ground. Because, Father, I need your help. I only want to say what I hear you say. I only want to do what I see you do so that Jesus may be glorified, lifted high, may be famous in our lives. As always, Holy Ghost, have your way. I turn this time over to you. Fill not just the sanctuary, but every place where people are watching and listening right now. I give you all the glory, honor, praise, and advance, Father, for what you all accomplished today. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 13. We know this is the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. The 120 in the upper room have been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. The power of God falls on them so heavy. The joy of the Lord manifests. People are outside said they're drunk. You know, they're full of new wine. And Peter gets up in verse 14 and says, he lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and listen to my words. For these are not drunk like you suppose. It's only 9 a.m. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirits, and they shall prophesy. So part of the outpouring of the Spirit of God, one of the workings of the Spirit of God, is speaking to people in dreams and visions. You see it all throughout the Bible. You see it from Genesis all the way throughout the Old Testament, and you see it throughout the New Testament. But one of the things about the outpouring of the Spirit of God is that he'll give various people dreams and visions. Now, that not every dream you have is from God. Not every dream you have is real. Some things can be the result of pizza. But dreams and visions are a valid way God speaks to us. And so I remember early in March, before we sheltered in place, and um, it was very early before we understood everything that was going on with COVID, and my wife had this dream. I remember she woke up in the middle of the night after this dream and tried to wake me up and she said she was asked because thunder actually thunder in real life ended the dream and she asked me hey did you hear that it's just thunder nothing's wrong she's like no I just had this dream and she began to share with me what the Lord had shared with her and so she asked me not too long after that dream and she says do you think it's about COVID and I said no I don't think it's about COVID 
I believe is about something else. And over the last month and a half, we were talking about it more. And I, and I said, yeah, I know it's not about COVID. It's about something that is to come. And I believe you're supposed to share it with the congregation in November. And so she's about to share the dream that God gave her and some things the Lord put on her heart to share with you today. Take it away, First Lady. Well, praise the Lord. So earlier this year, I believe it was in the month of March, I had this dream and because I am a believer and I know what the Word of God says and I, uh, because of my ministry gift as well and uh, just, just being a child of God, I knew after having this dream that it was something that I was supposed to pray about and I remember waking up in the morning and telling, telling my husband, Pastor Carrick, and he, he told me we were going to pray and he let me know that in time he wanted me to share this dream with the congregation and that is what I am going to do today I am going to share a dream that the Lord gave me prior to us finding out about COVID-19 this was before we knew what was happening and um, and and we're that's what we're going to talk about and we're just going to after hearing about this dream, we're going to talk about how to be in place, to remain in place, and stay alert. So, in the dream, it was like many cities that were on this hill or this mountain, <laughs> just like what we read about in the Bible. And it was surrounded by water. The cities, I mean, this, this hill, this large hill, if it was a hill, I would say mountain. It was surrounded by water. And the cities, they almost looked like cities in medieval times. They had borders that were made of stone. Each one had a, a watchtower. There wasn't electricity in these cities. So the lights uh, were produced using fire and when you looked out over this mountain or this hill, all you saw were lights everywhere. You saw lights, you saw cities, you saw life. Now in this city of mine, it was my job, my responsibility to be on in the watchtower. So I was higher up and my job was to look out and to alert, to alert everyone if there was any danger or just just to alert them just depending on you know what it was that I was assigned to alert them about however in the dream I actually wasn't even in the watchtower the beginning of this dream for me I was down with the people and I was with my children I have smaller children and um, my youngest who is two she had uh, quite a few health challenges at the beginning of her life so it required a lot from me in that moment, for me personally, the Lord spoke to me in the dream. I'm in the dream, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to me while I'm in the dream, saying to trust Him with my children. And so I did, and, and I'm not even really sure who they went away with, but my children ended up walking away so that I could go in the watchtower, and I knew that they would be okay. So now I'm in place. I'm in the watchtower and I'm looking out and it's night so it's dark but of course I can see all the lights from the city and then all of a sudden I hear this wonderful sound and I turn and I see these really 
sparkly, really flashy. It was like, oh, I don't really know how to describe what I saw, but it was extremely entertaining. It was colorful, it was flashy, it was glittery, it was loud in a, in a good way. <laughs> it made music that you enjoyed, and it was small, but it was, it was creating quite the commotion. Everyone was kind of turning towards it, drawing towards it, and I was too. Now, I'm supposed to be looking out at the water, but instead, I'm turning and I'm looking at what everybody else is looking at, this, this, this entertaining thing. And there was a moment where there was kind of like a crack in some of the, I guess, devices or pieces that were connected. And I know I'm not doing as, as well of a job as I would like describing this distraction in particular, but just know it was a distraction. So there was a moment where there was like a crack that I could see f because of where I was at. And I think just mainly, maybe because of just um, the Lord just allowing me to, to see. And I saw it was a little demon inside of all of that. And it was a demon controlling all of that. And I knew in that moment that it was on purpose. It was by design. This was strategic. And in er with this urgency, I definitely turned around and I looked out towards the sea because I think I knew even before seeing what was out there, I think I knew when I saw what was happening and I saw it was a demon, I just knew that something was going on while my back was turned. So I turned around and I saw this huge darkness. Like it was like a wave and it was very, very high. And it was this huge darkness that was coming and it was gonna overtake like the whole mountain. And so I shouted, not sure the specifics there, but I just know I called out and I let everyone know what was coming. And then everyone in my city took their place. They all went to the borders and we, the whole the border was surrounded and both hands were out kind of like this. And I believe it, to me, I believe they were praying, but they were in position and they were ready. That darkness came and we were fine. We were protected. There were, there was a hedge. It was like a, like a dome over us. But at the end, I looked back out at the mountain and there were so few lights left. Now there were so many. This was such a well-lit mountain. It's almost like many of us, even if we've never been to Las Vegas, we know it's like the city of lights. Lots of lights there, right? Uh, like, like maybe um, on the strip. Now imagine that area with just like a few lights. Or even if it, even if the few lights was a lot of lights, you know, it's just like, that's a huge difference. So it was a huge difference. And, and at the end of that dream, when I woke up in the morning, I believe Pastor Carrick, uh, I, 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 and, and he, and I don't remember the specifics of what I told him. He, he, he may remember, and if he does, I'm sure he'll tell you, but I told Pastor Carrick that the people are distracted or something to that to that extent, and that um, we 
we needed to stay alert. Now, this was before COVID-19. This is before I knew about COVID-19. But even when COVID-19 happened, I remember I, I turned to my husband. And I was like, do you think this is what, you know, the Lord was warning us about? And, um, and he told me he didn't think that that was, that was it. So we're going to talk today about staying alert and being in position. Now, God is for us. God is with us. And God is pleased with us. But it is very important that in this season we remain alert. Now, I know that many of us are very, very tired. 2020 has been quite the year. And I know I've actually heard people say this, so I really do know. I know that many people are just tired of being tired. They just want things to be over. They feel like they've been, you know, doing everything for too long now, and they're, they're over it. Remain alert. Stay on guard. Stay in place. It is really important that you learn to rest and not quit. So let's talk about how we can remain in our place on post so that no weapon formed against our cities, no weapon formed against our nation, no weapon formed against our families, no weapon formed against us, no weapon formed against us will prosper at all. We know that that's God's will, but now let's go into how to make sure that that's what we see manifest right now now before i go into how i want to just share my testimony we serve a great god and in this year which has been a lot if i'm being very transparent i've had great peace i've had great peace and it's not because I didn't. I'm not working and don't have anything to do, so I've just been resting and just, uh, or, or for some really natural reason, it's definitely the peace of God. And and I find it so beautiful that in a time that can be described as being so chaotic, that I've had probably more peace and have gotten more rest even though I have been very intentional about working the word my relationships have grown leaps and bounds in this year but I have been very intentional about that intentional about working the word of God because the Lord has promised me this year that this would be a year of restoration and I believed him and I still believe him and when I had the opportunity to continue to choose to believe him or to fear and to carry cares and become anxious, I chose to believe him. He has been faithful and just to perform his word. He has never let me down. I'm sure many of you will say the same exact thing. And this is no different. God is still the same. And so... I trusted him and 
He did such miraculous works in my life over the last several months. I mean, that's not what this message is about, but it is mind-blowing the the miracles that have happened, the breakthroughs, the blessings in this chaotic time. So I'm going to go to my first point. We have to cast our cares on the Lord. The Bible tells us to cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. In that dream, there was a moment where I had to trust God with my kids in order to do what he was asking me to do. And I think in the natural, I just wanted to be close, wanted to be right there to protect them. And 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 I couldn't. I couldn't do what God was asking me to do and be right there to protect them at the same time. And I had to trust God because he's asking me to do it. And I know that he's going to take care. You know, if God's taking care of it, you know it's the best care that you can get. So you have to trust that God cares about the big things, the small things, all of the things, and everything that matters to you. He cares about all the details and that he is for you and that he's working on your behalf and he's got it. When he asks you to do something, you do that knowing that he's got you. And the same with just cares in general. There's so many cares um, outside of just the things that matter a lot to us, but there's also, you know, bills and jobs and a pandemic and, and, and the list can just go on and on and on. And we see in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, Be not anxious about anything. That is very specific. That means not a thing, right? That's that's all the things. Be not anxious about anything. That's including the election, it's including your job, it's including your your classes, uh, that's including um, your kids, that's everything, right? Be not anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the God and the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me read that one more time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we're not supposed to care about a th- not one thing. But in all things, we're praying. And we're praying coming from a place of thanksgiving. And even when tragedy strikes, and it strikes very hard, there is still so much to be grateful for, to be thankful for. Even if it's just, you know, um, a limited quantity, like I said, I guess, even if you're just thankful for the small period of time that you had with your, with maybe a, a loved one that has gone home to be with the Lord, or or just thankful for the breath of God that is in your lungs right there. There's actually so, if you're looking for it, you'll find um, s- uh, numerous reasons to be thankful, to be grateful. 
but it says we're supposed to present our request to God and then it lets us know that the peace of God which transcends all of all understanding it doesn't even make sense to be to have this peace that that peace will guard our hearts it'll 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 uh it'll keep us that peace will keep us and that's what I experienced in 2020 the peace of God in 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 times of a pandemic just kept me it'll guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus so it's very important that we are casting our cares on him and we are praying now that means we have to acknowledge that he is there yes there are many things that we need to do in the natural we are called to to be wise stewards over our households and and over our finances and we're called to do things in excellence and it is wise to do what you need to do in the natural doing you know doing all things according to the word of God we need to do that but while we're doing all of the things that we do need to do every single day we need to acknowledge that we are not alone that God is with us he's right there with you every day all day acknowledge him acknowledge that you are not by yourself that heaven has got your back and include the Lord <laughs> don't pretend like you're all by yourself or, or, or think like you're all by yourself renew your mind renew your mind and make sure you are thinking about Make sure you are aware that God is right here with me. And I'm not doing this by myself. Include him. Invite him into all of the situations, no matter how big or small. So it's important to cast your cares. That's one one way to stay, stay alert and stay on guard. And to pray. We need to pray, 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 pray about everything. Inviting the Lord into all of the situations, understanding that we are not in this all, all by ourselves. We need to renew our minds. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It is very important that you renew your mind by reading the word of God every single day, maybe even multiple times a day. This is something that you cannot skip. There is no way for you to remain on guard and to remain in place and to be ready if you do not renew your mind. Pastor Carrick says this, faith is a leaky substance. Faith is a leaky substance. You have to continuously feed yourself 
um, the Word of God. You have to build yourself up um, and, and just be very intentional about it. You have to schedule it, right? You have to schedule to do it. You have to purpose to do it. It is not something that you could just do one time and say, I'm going to do it once a week and think that you can remain alert just because the message is great. I don't care how great the message is. It's not enough. You have to renew your mind and you have to do it daily. You have to uh, make sure you're your um it's like you know just like in the natural many people would not choose to skip not even one meal but especially not a whole week of meals and just eat once a week that's that would many of you just absolutely would not <laughs> choose to do that so we we have to feed our spirit and we have to renew our mind. It says, once we do that, you will be able to test and approve what's God's will. And that's important for us to do that in this season, to know what God's will is. So you need to get in the word of God. You need to make sure you're reading the Bible. I need to make sure I'm reading about it. We, we need to make sure we are reading the Bible and daily. So we are casting our cares on the Lord. We are praying because he's with us. We are inviting him in the situation. Bishop, Bishop Butler says this. I've heard him say this numerous times. Uh, Every success is a prayer success first. And I've always really, really liked that. It's a great way to remember the importance and the power of prayer. And then we are renewing our mind. We're reading the word every day. Now in this season, it is important that we rest. It is important that we rest, that we rest in the Lord. I've heard so many people say this to me this year about how they're tired and they just don't want to try anymore. And I've actually also heard um, even pastors um, confess, you know, I, I, I got tired of being diligent and um or 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 ministers uh saying things like you know i i, I knew i i needed to continue to to do things a certain way but we had been doing it for so long and i just got so so tired of of doing it this way and um so i just i just decided to just um be a little lax now this is not necessarily like a, a sin situation that i'm talking about it's just not using wisdom and and in them being uh, kind of lax um, lax a days ago, I guess about things. Unfortunately, um, it uh, it just didn't work out well, and and things that would not have happened ended up happening because they were not alert, in place, and or and on guard. So it's really important that we are learning to rest so that we do not quit. 
instead of quitting, we have to learn to rest. We have to learn to rest in Him, and we have to learn to rest in our natural bodies. We have to actually plan that. We have to make ourselves <laughs> rest. Some of us have to absolutely make ourselves rest, right? And it's very important for you to do it. You need to learn how to reach hard so that you can uh, continue fighting the good fight of faith for your entire lives. And as Pastor Carrick says, it's a good fight because we win. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep him. I'm that, I'm that person. God is going to keep me. In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. When we trust in the Lord... And he is on our mind. We can choose to rest. Knowing that God is for us. Knowing that God is answering our prayers. He's working on our behalf. That we are protected. That, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Remembering that we do not. God has not given us a spirit of fear. There's no fear here. He's only given us a spirit of power. So Satan is under our feet spirit of love and a sound mind self-discipline so I can do all things through Christ because God gives us that strength and when I teach my students I, I, I talk to them about this special strength this special strength that comes from the Lord the Bible says we are going to run and faint not. How many of you know that when you run you get tired when you run you get tired. I know I get tired I carve out time I, I schedule, you know, my day has a schedule. Because if you don't schedule your day, <laughs> you may not do what you should do with that day. And I, and I heard Pastor Andre actually say this recently. This is not about the, the dream necessarily, but it was still really great. Um, he talked about, uh, someone asked him actually about procrastinating. And he said, you got to see procrastination as the enemy. He went on to say, it's not enough just to have a dream. You want to live your dreams. And procrastination will keep you from doing that. So I have to schedule my day so that I do all the things that I know I need to do in a day that will allow me to live my dreams. Not just have them, but live them. So I schedule time every day to, to bike. My husband runs. I'm not really a runner like that. <laughs> it's like in my in my head I want to be, but I'm I'm not. So I bike. I do like biking. I bike up hills, so it's it's very much so a workout. And um and 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 I enjoy it. So I schedule a time to to bike every day to a minimum 30 minutes to make sure that I am doing what I need to do in order to, to have a long life. That's what I want to do. I want to live for a very long time. I want to show my children that you can live well, you can die well. I really actually want to show my kids how to do that. And the only way I can show them is by ch making healthy choices on purpose. It's not just going to happen. I have to choose it intentionally. I have to grow on purpose, right? 
So I go out and I will exercise and I am tired. I'm tired. Sometimes I'm so tired. This doesn't happen very often, but sometimes I'm so tired. I'll get off the bike and just walk. I'd rather walk up the hill than the bike up the hill. It's just so much easier. <laughs> sometimes I have to, I have to, I have to walk a certain portion of it because my legs are just burning. I get very tired. And the word we read or we see in the word of God that says that we're going to be able to run and faint not. How can you run and never faint? Because God gives us that supernatural strength. It is this special strength from God that allows us to do that. It's that same strength that allows you to do all things. We see in Philippians, it says, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So we have to learn how to rest, rest in him, rest in the natural understanding where the strength actually comes from. And that has to do with faith. It has to do with trust. And it has to do, it has everything to do with your victory. So in this season, God is asking you to stay alert and not get distracted. That distraction is strategic and it is from the enemy. You are a city set on a hill. You are the light of this world. The enemy is going around like a roaring lion looking for those who he can devour. But you are not one of those people. So make sure you are resting in him. Make sure you are not anxious for anything. You are praying about everything. Make sure you are also speaking the word of God. Make sure you say what the Bible says. And... Um, and make sure you are renewing your mind. This year, God is going to renew your strength. He is going to give you that special strength. And he is going to use you to do the impossible. We've heard, many of you have heard this before. That word impossible just says, I'm possible. And with Christ, that is true. So stay alert and stay encouraged. And guess what? If you've had a terrible whole, the whole year has just been absolutely terrible up until this day. And it may have been terrible because of us. Maybe I, maybe you did it. Maybe I did it. Whatever the reason. Today, just repent. It's super simple. Just turn the other way. Do something different. The Bible says that God just is, is it, when you repent, God throws it, God forgets. And it's in the sea of forgetfulness. God, God forgives you. He loves you. He accepts you. And then he forgets, right? Now, people, people need time. So you pray for them and you be patient. But you don't have to wait. You never have to wait. As soon as you realize that you've made a mistake and, and you want to go a different way, you just stop and repent wherever you are, whenever, and you just make wise choices on purpose. You grow on purpose. You align yourself with the Word of God on purpose. 
And that is my part, and I am certain that Pastor Carrick is going to be a tremendous blessing to you. Amen. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. I know you've already been blessed tremendously by what my wife ministered and the dream the Lord gave her and some encouragement and instruction she gave you already. So I'm going to add just a little bit onto it. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 17. It says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. As they that give account that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. One of the things we learn in Hebrews 13 is that ministry gifts, especially pastors and those who serve in pastoral ministry, are considered as watchers. Now the term watchers is seen throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Watchers are sometimes prayer warriors, people who have prayer assignments. But we also see it here, pastors serve as watchers concerning the congregation God has charged them to lead and take them to the direction he's called them to go. And so one of the things as, you know, First Lady saw in her dream, coming to her place as a watchtower. It is a place, she's talking about specifically for her, but as a reminder for all of us, we're all called to the watch place of prayer for our dominion or for our domain. Remember the Bible calls us all kings and priests, and kings have a dominion they're responsible for. So there's an area of your life you're responsible for, and you're called to watch and pray. Yes, like Lady Raquel and I and our ministry team, we're called to be watchers and pray over the congregation and pray concerning things to come and watch and care in prayer for them, but every single one of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are called to a watch place of prayer. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. We are all called to watch and pray. You know, some of you heard me share on this during our 31 days of prayer, but Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Notice what Paul says. Praying always with all prayer, all types of prayer, and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know, Paul had just shared about the armor of the believer, and the only armor he did not name was the lance, which was to deal with long-distance targets. And so we can accurately say it is the lance of prayer, that there are types of prayer the Holy Spirit will lead you in that will deal with enemies that are far off. But notice the phrase, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, so that's all endurance, and supplication for all saints. What are saying? That yes, we're supposed to be praying like this, but we're also supposed to be watching in prayer. And so if you're going to be praying for a watchtower, it is a high place. You're not praying from low on the earth. You're praying from a place of advantage. You're praying from a place of insight. You're praying, you're praying from a place of a higher way of living. You know, it tells us in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians chapter 2 that we're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. This is the place we pray from. This is where our authority flows from. He has seated us higher above all things. He's put all things under our feet, and he's given us the right to use the name that's above every name, the name and the authority of Jesus. And as we're praying, especially watching and praying, we should pray from a high place, so not drawn down in the drama of the world 
and the confusion of the world and all the chaos of the world, but taking our place seated high above it and praying concerning what's going on. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. Notice what the Holy Ghost says through Peter, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore, so because the end of all things is at hand. Now, Peter's writing almost 2,000 years ago, and the last days when he studied out began with the ministry of Jesus. And so now we are 2,000 years into the last days. We're into what the scriptures can call the end times, which is the sliver of time at the end of the last days. And so now we're even closer to the end of all things than Peter was. And so this was Peter's instructions to those back then. It's even more important for us today. Go ahead, if you're watching online, type in, it's for me today. If you're watching live in Austell, say, it's for me. Say, Peter is talking to me. Now say it out loud one more time. Say, Peter is talking to me. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. It's not just saying don't be drunk, but that's implied as well. It's also talking about don't lose your head and the drunkenness of the cares of the world. You know, it even tells us in the Bible that we can be drunk off the cares of the world. We can be intoxicated by what's going on in the world that we're not sober-minded. We are intoxicated with everything that's going on. And so there are a lot of things going on. We've seen it this week. We've seen it this month. We've seen it this year. It's easy to lose your, hair in, lose your head in care and anxiety and with everything that's going on. But Peter says, be sober and watch unto prayer. So get a hold of your mind. Get a hold of your thought life. Don't be caught up in everything. Don't be caught up in the drama. Don't be caught up in everything going on in the world. Grab a hold to your mind. Watch unto prayer. So take your place. Watch and pray. Go with me to Mark 13, 37. And so what we see in these verses is what the Lord illustrated to Lady Raquel in her dream. The importance of us watching and praying. Mark 13. It's important that we watch and pray. Mark 13, verse 37. Notice what Jesus says here. Go back to verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you don't know when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes at evening or midnight, or at the cock crown or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So one of the things we see here, a command from Jesus, is watch. Stay alert. Watch and pray. You know, one of the things the Lord illustrated to later kill in that dream is the consequences of what happens when we don't watch. 
what happens when we don't take our place on the watchtower and watch and pray. When we get distracted, you might say, is it possible for people's light to be snuffed out? She said, a light of a church, is that even possible? Well, when you look at Revelation chapter 1, you know, verse 17 to 20, when Jesus appears to John, John turns and sees him in the middle of the candlesticks, one translation says. Another translation says light stands. And what are the light stands? You see in verse 20 and 21 going to chapter 2, the light stands or the candlesticks, all the churches, the seven churches that John is addressing and Jesus is addressing through him in the book of Revelation. So one of the things we see about the church, it's a light stand. It's supposed to give light to its area. One of the calls of the church, of the local church, is to give light to the area God has called it to reach. And we see this throughout the book that he says to the church in this city, right. And we already see them as lampstands, but he told them, you need to do these things or else your lampstand will be taken away. Now, what happens if a lampstand is taken away? Does that mean the church closes? No. Does that mean the church is destroyed? No. What happens? It loses its ability to influence the area in the way it should. If the church is called to be light and it doesn't shine, doesn't mean the church is not there. It's just not accomplishing the goal. And so the thing is, if we want to have our influence, if we want to affect the culture of our community, of our neighborhood, of our city, of our state, we must be light bearers and we need to make sure we're watching and praying so what God wants us to do is not snuffed out. Because we can do a whole bunch of good religious activities but have no power, no power to transform our community. Go to Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. And as we turn there, you know, one of the things Jesus says in Revelation 2, 7, he says it throughout Revelation, and he says it in the Gospels when he's teaching on the earth. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He that has ears to hear what the Spirit has to say, let him hear. And, you know, I look at this, and I remember something that Lady Raquel told me when she woke up that day, and she repeated it over the next week or two. She says she kept hearing the Lord saying it, echoing in her heart. They're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening. That's what she kept hearing the Lord saying. They're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening. Who was, she referring, who was the Lord referring to? The churches. That the churches were not listening. They were distracted. And because they weren't listening and distracted, what happened? They lost their ability to influence their community. They lost their ability to shine and do what God has called them to do. You know, it says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The message version puts it this way. We looked at it in our series this summer called the God Spectrum. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't, you don't think I'm going to put you 
under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And so we're positioned in our lives. We're positioned as a church to shine. And one of the ways we shine is our witness and it's also by what we do. And every church is not called to do the same thing. Every church has a different call, has a different purpose. And every church needs to do what God has called them specifically and individually to do. And so we as faith do what God has called us to do to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. As we open up these different locations, as we continue to get involved in the community, as we keep doing all the different things God has called us to do, all the works we're doing. We're not doing works because we're trying to get God to love us. We know God loves us. We're not doing works to try to make God like us better. God already likes us. We're doing works because we're called to good works, and our works bring forth light into our community. Our works, what God has called us to do, causes his light to shine and the darkness to back up. And so as we have our lampstand and we do what the Spirit of God has called us to do, we bring forth light into the air that can change the culture of a community. But we only will be able to do it if we listen. We only will be able to do it if we follow the promptings of the Spirit of God. See, a lot of us become distracted by some things that are not even bad, but they're still distractions. And we get distracted and we don't take our place. And that has consequences, especially in times like these and the times that are to come. Go to Mark chapter 4. Now, Lady Raquel already referred to this. I'm just going to show you the scripture in Mark chapter 4. You know, we taught on this a lot this summer. And we know Satan only has five tactics. Affliction, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. Verse 19, it says, the care, And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things enter in and choke or crowd out the word, and it causes that word, that powerful word of God, to become unfruitful. So that if you let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things grow in your heart, it will crowd out the word, and the word won't produce in your life. Now, one of the things about this word care, we don't usually use the word care or have a lot of cares, it's translated worry, but it's also translated anxiety. And so, but it's not just worry and care and anxiety. It's worry and anxiety through a distraction, through the idea of distraction. So it's not just being worried about something, being anxious about something. It is a worry and, be, a worry and an anxiety that draws you away from what God called you to do. It is a distraction. Also, in addition to worry and anxiety, what we see here, you see the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. You see, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things reminds us, you know, what it says in the scriptures about the pride of the eyes and the pride of life. See, the thing is like Eve in the garden. She looked at the fruit and it looked good. It was good to her eyes. And she saw it was good to make one wise, and she partook it and gave it to Adam who was with her, and he ate it as well. Why? She looked at it, and it looked good. And the thing is, there's a lot of things in our life that may look good, but they're not for you 
or they may not be for you right now. But if you keep following the distraction, you'll miss out on what God has for you. Now, go to John 10, 10 with me. John 10, 10. Look what Jesus says. The thief comes not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, we know the enemy here is a thief. Now, this word thief is not talking about someone who breaks into your house and steals stuff. This word thief paints the picture of a pickpocket. Jesus calls Satan a pickpocket. The way a pickpocket steals from you is through distraction, the art of distraction, whether it's a bump where you're looking, you get bumped and you look over here and they take your wallet, or you're looking over there and they steal something from you and you don't even notice it. The pickpocket wants to steal from you without you knowing. It's not an upright attack and someone mugging you and taking what you have. The pickpocket tries to steal from you without you knowing. By the time you notice it, they are long gone. That is Satan's preferred method to steal from you. So if you're distracted, I guarantee you Satan is stealing something from you. And in the dream, you know, Lady Raquel was talking about that shiny thing that was moving around and it was entertaining everybody. Everybody's watching and caught up in this shiny, entertaining thing. But she says she did, until she looked closer, she could saw a little bit of gap within its shiny armor and saw it was a demon. And she realized it was the cares of this world, deceitfulness, the riches, the lust of other things. It was a distraction to make her look down and look at this instead of getting into a place to watch and pray. And how many of us have forsaken what God has called us to do because we were distracted? And what has happened in our life because we were distracted. Remember what Jesus told Martha? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things and you are burdened down. But Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken from her. Who would do the taking? Not Jesus, the enemy. Satan couldn't steal from Mary because she put right things first. She put what was needful first. She had her focus on Jesus, so Satan couldn't steal from her. She refused to be distracted. Now, Martha was doing good things. Martha wasn't doing bad things. What she was doing was good, but it was out of place. And sometimes we can do good things and still be distracted doing the good things and miss what God has for us. You can even get busy doing ministry and miss out what God has for you. And so one of the things the Holy Spirit has been saying to us throughout this time is do what God has called you to do and focus. Do not be distracted. Get to your place. Watch and pray. Every day, take time to watch and pray over your family, over your sphere of influence, over your neighborhood and community. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we shared on and talked about being divine ambassadors. And it was really impressed on my spirit that we needed to pray for our neighborhoods and our community that week. I didn't know what was going to happen, what was going on, but it was impressed. And we made that decision to do that. We didn't realize that a few days later, we were going to have a hurricane come through Georgia, knock out power for way over a million people, and cause a lot of damage and had the potential to do even more. But then we hear testimonies of supernatural deliverance 
deliverance and how it was, could have been worse, but somehow it wasn't. And I really believe it's because we prayed over our communities. We took our place and watched and prayed and prayed for our neighbors and our community and the area around us. It's very important. And what's to come? And the next attack of the enemy, what he's trying to do and try to do, you have to watch and pray. I remember when my wife was sharing the things she saw. She, saw, she said she saw members of our church that they would go to the edge of that city and they would stretch out their hands. She said, she, I knew they were praying and the darkness was repelled by them. And so while the darkness was able to snuff out the lights of others and other places, it couldn't touch us. Why? Because we got to our place and we prayed. So it doesn't matter what's coming down the pipe. Doesn't matter what happens this year. Doesn't matter what happens next year. If we take our place and watch and pray and follow the directions of the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter what the enemy does. Even though the enemy come in, may come in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against them. And we are that standard. We are the light of the world. And we are called to watch and pray. Come on, say it out loud with me. I'll say, I'll say I am called to watch and pray. Come on, online, type in, I am called to watch and pray. We cannot be distracted. We must watch, pray, shine. How do I shine? Once again, do what God has called you to do. Stop coming up with excuses why you can't and why you won't or why you're too old or why you're too young or why you're too this. Don't be distracted. Do what God's called you to do. Don't be distracted by the drama about the election. Do what God has called you to do. Don't be distracted by what's going on. Do what God has called you to do. Whatever he's telling you to do, you need to obey the Spirit of God. So the three things, watch, pray, and shine. Come on, say it with me out loud, Austell. Watch, pray, and shine. Come on, say it again. Watch, pray, and shine. Online, go ahead and type it in and say it out loud wherever you are. Watch, pray, and shine. This is what we must do in this season. And as you take that time to watch and pray and shine, you'll receive further direction from the Lord about how you apply it even more in your individual life. And no matter what comes, we've already won. Didn't the Lord tell us to say that a couple weeks ago? That no matter what comes in 2021, we need to say, we've already won. He's already promised us the victory. So go into the rest of this year and next year with a mindset of victory that no matter the challenge, we win. So say it with me one time, I'll still say, we've already won. Come on, say it again. Say, we've already won. Come on, say it with some more faith. Say, we already won. Come on, say it louder. We've already won. Come on, online, join us. We've already won. Now, thanks be to God who always gives us the victory. Father, we thank you that you always cause us to triumph. Help us not just to be hearers of this word, but to be doers of the word so we can be blessed in our doing. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. 
Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.